more, and the wind chill tonight is nine above zero. This is CBS News Radio 78, WBBM Chicago. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents. Cinderella's story of the plain little girl who ends up marrying the handsome prince does sometimes happen. But there is no guarantee they will live happily ever after. Not if he is Peter III of Russia and she is Catherine II. Theirs was a disastrous marriage that ended in murder and Catherine crowning herself as empress of all the Russias. Adored, hated, envied, despised, and yet truly great. Madam, I congratulate you. Your daughter Sophie is positively beautiful. You think so, Count? People say she looks exactly like me. That lovely chestnut hair and a figure wonderful. That she gets from me also. I am sure she will make an admirable impression. I hope so. She's so willful and stubborn. If she ever becomes empress, the Lord only knows what would happen to her. I'll tell you something I've never confessed before. To this day, I don't know if what I did... I'm still doing is wrong or right. Dear, you always said it was right. Always. I had to say that. But I do know lies are wrong. I know laws are meant to be obeyed. My ent- The one that threatens from within. Fire. Hi. Pat Summerwalter suggests a Pitway First Alert smoke alarm from True Value Hardware Stores. The standard model detects visible and invisible smoke. And with a $5 rebate from Pitway, your final cost is just $10.98. For extra protection, get the First Alert double system with dual sensors to detect fast and slow-burning fires. Subtract Pitway's $10 rebate. Your final cost is $24.98 at participating True Value Hardware Stores. Who's made a difference in your life? Chances are it's a volunteer. President Reagan will honor 20 volunteers with the 1982 President's Volunteer Action Award. Now's your chance to make a difference. Nominate a volunteer to win. For the forms you need, write the President's Volunteer Action Awards, Box 37488, Washington, D.C., 20013. Reach the northwest side of Chicago with a local want ad in the 16 great leader and post newspapers. Whether you want to buy or sell, rent or hire, just call the leader or post and ask for an ad taker. Your ad in the leader will reach thousands of people in outstanding communities like Cragen, Jefferson Park, Mayfair, Portage Park, and Belmont Central. Just a few of the many neighborhoods that the leader newspapers cover. The Post serves Elmwood Park, Franklin Park, River Grove, and other outstanding northwest suburbs. Readers have learned that it pays to follow the leader and read the Post. These readers respond to your want ads. So try one if you want to sell, buy, rent, or hire. So easy to do with the leader and Post. Your ad will be taken over the phone and you'll be billed after the ad runs. Call the leader and post and ask for an ad taker. The number is 889-5200. If a certain minor German princess called Sophie had not led the kind of mysterious and enigmatic life 
bursting like a passionate butterfly from the drabbest of cocoons, had not been a friend of Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, and many others, and had not changed her name to Catherine of Russia, we of the Mystery Theater would not be probing and searching what made this extraordinary lady tick as loudly as a time bomb. But explode over Europe she did. My friends, I give you the Empress of Russia. What Herr E.G. Marshall just said about me is perfectly true. I was German by birth, had a French governess, learned and loved Lafontaine's fables by heart, and Perrault's mother goose tail. My favorite, of course, was Cinderella. And on one New Year's Day, Mama, Papa, and I were sitting down to dinner when my own fairy tale began. Sophie... How many times do I have to tell you, take your elbows off the table? That's my mother, Johanna. She calls me Sophie. It hasn't been changed to Catherine yet. <laughs> Husband? Hmm? <laughs> Christian August, what is so funny? Uh, nothing, my dear. Christian August was my father. He was also the prince of Anhalt-Zerbst. Christian August, don't be evasive. <laughs> do you remember little Peter, Anna's boy... Peter Ulrich, the little duke? The one who always had a cold and was coughing and sniffling? <laughs> That's the one. The heir to the throne of Sweden. Oh, bad mannered, stuck-up little brat. Thought he knew everything and he knew nothing. <laughs> He'll never get anywhere. I didn't think he was so stuck-up, Mama. I liked him. Sophie, you will speak when you are spoken to and not before. I'd say it's a good thing. What's a good thing? Oh, where is the soup? I am famished. It's a good thing Sophie likes Peter. Because she may be marrying him. What? To become Queen of Sweden? Trap nothing of the country? Oh, we can find her a much better match here in Zerbst. The Baron, who owns all the Zerbst beer factories, for instance. Peter has renounced his claim to the Swedish throne and has been adopted by his Aunt Elizabeth who I need not remind you is still Empress of Russia. Uh, she stole the throne of Russia after her sister died. Don't tell me. Usurped it. Usurped is the word. Nevertheless, Elizabeth has just written to me to ask if you and Sophie would go to St. Petersburg because she has something in mind. What does she have in mind, Papa? Sophie? First, there was Peter the Great. Then there was Peter the Second, and I have a sneaking suspicion that Aunt Elizabeth wishes to make the next ruler of Russia Peter the Third. Sniffy, sneezing, little Peter. And if Elizabeth approves of our Sophie, she could become the next Empress of Russia. I could? Dear Peter Ulrich, what a healthy, handsome, intelligent boy. I always said he had a future. Of course he'll marry our Sophie. I shall see to it. Joanna, the boy has no say in the matter. It's Aunt Elizabeth you'll have to convince. Since nobody would tell me anything, I had to find out for myself. So the next morning, before anyone was up, I found a letter written to Papa. It was signed, Count Otto von Brummer, and it said... At the explicit command of Her Imperial Majesty, I, I have the honor to inform you, sir, that the sublime Empress desires your wife to accompany your elder daughter, the Princess Sophie, to come to our country as soon as possible. 
Your Highness is too intelligent not to understand the true meaning of Her Majesty's great impatience to meet the princess, your daughter, of whom report has said much that is lovely. That's me. Report has said I'm lovely. The Russians think I'm lovely. The Russians think I'm lovely. <laughs> what are you doing? Good morning, Mama. I'm reading a letter. You're reading a letter, are you? Let me see that. Why, Sophie, you're reading correspondence addressed to your papa. But it's all about me. I'm lovely. Go to your room immediately. You will not have any breakfast. And you will not leave your room before lunch. Yes, Mama. And until such time as you leave this household in Zerbst, you will remember your place. Yes, Mama. Mama laid down the law. I obeyed. People everywhere thought she was witty, vivacious, gay. I was quiet. Quite silent. She was beautiful. I was the ugly duckling. That is until we left Berlin in a charge of the man who had written the letter, Count Otto von Brunner. The Count was to accompany us all the way to Moscow. After a month by carriage, we reached the Russian border. Madam, may I say a word to you in private? Uh, Sophie, leave the room. The Count and I wish to talk. Yes, Mama. I'll be outside the door if you need me. She is lovely. Mm. Positively beautiful, your Sophie. And still in her teens. People say she looks exactly like me. Such lovely chestnut hair and those blue eyes. Blue-gray, like mine. And a very good figure, Funderbar. <laughs> that she gets from me also. <laughs> I think she will make an admirable impression upon the Empress. Mom, a rider has just arrived from St. Petersburg. He says the snow is six feet deep. Only six feet? That's nothing, Sophie. We'll start in the morning. The Empress does not like to be kept waiting. Look out the window. I've never seen such snow. Are you certain, Count? There is no risk traveling in such weather. My dear madam, if Peter the Great had waited for it to stop snowing, there never would have been a St. Petersburg. Count, you listen to those bells. What day is it today? February the 3rd, Sophie. Is it Sunday? I've lost track of the day. <laughs> no, it is Wednesday. And St. Petersburg is welcoming you and your mother. We have arrived. What is this beautiful green and white building? It is our winter palace. Will you kindly remain in the sleigh and I will go inside to make sure all is in readiness. Sophie, will you stop asking so many questions? What day is it? It's Sunday. What are those bells? What is the name of this palace? Why, the Russians will think you're a nobody unaccustomed to the finer things. Remember, you are going to be the next Empress of Russia. I never had such luck as you. I had to settle for a small prince in Saxony. If you don't know what to say, Sophie, say nothing. I suppose Mother was right. But it was a lot for a young girl to take in. Bells rang all night and the next day. We were both given sable coats to wear. To keep. Brass bands played. A regiment of soldiers marched up and down. And we hadn't even reached Moscow. Sophie, we have arranged a special performance for you this evening at the Palace Theatre. A cold, brother. 
If you will excuse me, but I am still absolutely exhausted from the long journey. And I'm sure Sophie is, too. I'm not exhausted, Mama. Child, you need your rest. I want you to look your best when we get to Moscow. And that darling boy, Peter Ulrich. Madam, I think Sophie would enjoy what St. Petersburg has prepared. I'm afraid if no one made an appearance, it would make an exceedingly bad impression. But I want to go to the theater. Mama, I feel fine. Count, you are very persuasive. Sophie, you may go, but dress warmly. I'll wear my new sable. I was just as glad Mother was tired and went to bed. She has a way of attracting all the attention. Count Rummer bundled me up in a green and white sled, the colors of a winter palace, and off we went. It's not too cold for you? No, I love it, I love it. When it's cold in Russia, it is definitely cold. <laughs> I like a weather that can make up its mind. You're a very enthusiastic young lady, aren't you? <laughs> Especially when I don't know where I am. <laughs> <laughs> It was an evening of sounds and sights such as I had never seen before. A circus that you cannot possibly imagine. And before it began, all the performers came out and bowed low to me. To me, Sophie, not my mother. Now, at home, we have circuses, we have clowns, we have Japanese people. But this circus, with the count and I sitting in the royal box, Oh, it was so exciting. Look at that. Look at that. Why are those clowns with the funny long noses?
when I return with Act Two. Hi, I'm Lyman Saunders. This is Heartbeat. Are you depressed? Is it hard to get out of bed in the morning? Do you look forward to, well, nothing? Perhaps some chain of events, something you couldn't control, has affected your life. Maybe you've lost your job or experienced the death of a family member or a friend. Whatever the cause, you're depressed. You're not able to shake the feeling of gloom that hangs over your head. Well, I've got news for you, and it's good news. There's a way to handle your depression. And here's one idea. Decide that you have the ability to decide what your life is going to be like and how you're going to feel about life. To get more suggestions on how to handle depression, just put the word... In such snow! Oh, you certain count there is no risk traveling in such weather? My dear madam, if Peter the Great had waited for it to stop snowing, there never would have been a St. Petersburg. Heartbeat, Hartford, Connecticut, 06142. This is Heartbeat. Large and small, today's businesses are operating in a very tough environment. It's a real jungle. Inflation, regulation, productivity losses, and other problems can leave an executive wondering where to turn for help. There is a solution, and it's here today in Chicago. Honeywell has opened a new facility at the Business Product Center at the Merchandise Mart. It's called the Honeywell Solution Center. At the Honeywell Solution Center, you can meet face-to-face with people representing a company that's been helping to solve the problems of American businesses for almost 30 years. Welcome to the Honeywell Solution Center. How can we help you? At the Honeywell Solution Center, you'll be able to see several Honeywell applications in action. Here's our office automation system. As you can see, solving the problems facing today's executives is what the Honeywell Solution Center is all about. Come to the Business Product Center at the Merchandise Mart and see how Honeywell can help you. Honeywell, you should see what we do with computers. A German princess from a small German town has been sent to audition, one might say, as a possible wife to the heir of the Russian throne. Marriages in the days of the czars were political matches, not love matches. And those two were but pawns in a chess game played to one rule. If my daughter marries your son, it's an alliance, and allies don't wage war. Since we just think Peter's the count, isn't our driver going much faster? Yes. We lost time with the first team of horses. He's trying to make it up now. All these little villages we go through so quickly. I wish I knew their names. Mama, you should have seen the bears in the circus last night. Can't you be? Live close to Moscow. I wish she would drive those horses so rapidly through the town. If anyone is in the streets, they could get hurt. Yeah. We're leaping through the snow. It's exciting. Oh, I'm being thrown about like a corner. He's taking the corners too fast. Oh, driver, look out. Look too close to the houses. corner too sharply and ran off saying a house which fell like box of tinders about it. Mother fainted, but after some brandy, she was better. We all were. With a fresh sleigh and horses and the count himself during the driving, we arrived after dark at an enormous palace all lit up with candles. Moscow. Ladies, welcome to the Annenhof Palace. Hello there. You're late. What kept you? Is that young man at the top of the stairs? Don't you recognize the mama? That's cousin Peter. Let me help you two ladies out of the sleigh. Oh, 
Keith, are you sure that young man is Peter? But he's so grown up. I've been up all night wondering when you get here. Good morning, Sophie. Our sleigh had an accident and a house fell on us. Peter Ulrich, I recognize you anywhere. Aunt Elizabeth is waiting to see you. We must hurry. Oh. You're taller, Sophie. And so are you. But the last time I saw you, I was 12. I was 13. I think it's funny seeing you in Moscow. Funny? Why? You coming a thousand miles to marry me just so you could be Empress of Russia? I didn't come for any such reason. Oh, yes, you did. You were ordered to. I saw the letter. Children, stop that. I'm tired. I want to pay my respects to the Empress and then go to bed. Count, please show me the way inside. Sophie, you follow me. Peter, I wouldn't marry you if you were the last person on earth. I'd only realized then what my life with Peter would turn out to be. Yes, we were cousins of similar background, both brought up as Lutherans. But Peter Ulrich was a child and remained a child until the day he died. Aunt Elizabeth approved of me, and I was ordered to remain in Russia to be trained. Mother was to go home and we said our goodbyes. Sophie, I feel so strange leaving you here in Moscow, hundreds of miles from home. Can you act grown-up? I will be grown-up. Goodbye, Mama. When I see you next, I shall speak Russian like a native. Is that necessary, really? Peter doesn't speak a word of Russian and refuses to learn. Peter is a baby. He thinks by being stubborn and kicking his heels, he'll get more attention. He also refuses to change his religion, but that's his affair. Sophie, you're not thinking of doing that. I'm getting religious instructions with Simon Todorsky. He says the two religions are not that different. It's going to break your father's heart. Why, we live in the very castle Martin Luther himself was hiding in, and all our families. To become a Russian Orthodox? It's a sin, Sophie. Oh, I worry about you. Don't. Can't you be Peter's wife and the Empress without that? If someday Peter and I do marry, I have to believe what the Russian people believe. Simon Todorsky, I'll tell you, I hate it. I hate it. Everyone in court is paying attention to her and not to me. After all, when Aunt Elizabeth dies, I'm going to be the emperor. Peter, I would be happy to teach you Russian history and religion also. But the empress said you did not wish it. I hate what Sophie is doing. I hate it. Don't you think you're being unreasonable? I'm proud to say she's making great strides in orthodoxy. Did you know her father's family were friends with Martin Luther himself? Simon Todorsky, I've been waiting for my lesson. You're late. I heard that, Peter. Yes, we're all Lutherans by birth. <clears throat> but I am in Russia now, and I intend to do what is Russian. I hope the Lord forgives you. I hope so, too. <laughs> I knew it, Princess. You've got another cold. Oh, the palace is very cold at night. <sighs> Peter, it was nice to see you. I've just been complaining to Simon Todorsky about you. You have. I'm glad to hear it. I thought you weren't interested in me at all. You used to be. <laughs> you, um, you became so serious. Peter, you're going to inherit the throne of Russia. 
I will not be your wife unless I know the Russian people and can speak to them. Not only those in the palaces, but every set, every... Oh, every... please, no speeches. Now go away. I have work to do. Simon, mm. let's try to improve my Moscow pronunciation. No, no, <laughs> not today. You are feverish. I shall call Natasha and have you put to bed immediately. The chill turned to pneumonia. I was, I have to admit, a very sick girl. That worried me, too. If I couldn't live with a Russian climate, if I was an invalid, no matter how well I said my Russian Orthodox prayers, I would be sent back to Zebst in disgrace. I cannot believe this, Johanna. Do you know what Sophie has written to me from Moscow? Where is that sentence? Ah, yes. As I find almost no difference between the Orthodox and the Lutheran faiths, I have decided to change my religion. She has decided. It was decided for her. The Empress would not have permitted the marriage otherwise. I am being punished. I give the hand of my daughter to infidels, and this is the consequence. I've lost my Sophie. Did she write also about changing her name? Uh, what? Again, this is not the child's wish, but the Empress. They're naming our Sophie Catherine. It's a nice name. And it goes well with Peter, don't you think? The fairy tale come true. So beautiful. The ceremony took four hours, and I never sat down once. My dress and the tiara and the necklace were so heavy, and all the bowing to the lords and ladies. I was numb. I remember so many things, but not my wedding night. Poor Pete. Poor Catherine. Catherine, I hear your mother's coming to Moscow for our fifth anniversary. I didn't know that, Peter. She never wrote me. No. They never tell you anything here, do they? I didn't say that. You denied knowing your mother was arriving. You expect me to believe huh? Are you trying to start another quarrel? Why is it so hard for you to believe I tell only the truth? Oh, you don't lie openly. Let's say you conceal. What have I ever kept from you? Your friends. Your personal friends. Not that I mind. You can dance the whole night through for all I care, but Catherine, the court is watching. The court knows. There is nothing to know. Count Otto von Brummer, is he nothing? Otto is a protege of the Empress. She loves him, and it's on her behalf he spends time with me. Oh, you see each other as a favor to my aunt. He's your lover. Plain and simple, he's not your teacher. You think I'm an awful fool. Yes, I do. If you believe such a thing, no one has ever come near me but you, and, well, we won't say anything about that. And I haven't come close enough. Say it. I know what's expected of me. I'm supposed to make you pregnant, so the Romanov line will continue. And in our five years together, I... I don't know what to tell you. When my mother comes, I'll speak to her, perhaps. You will not. It's my secret. Our secret. I will not have your mother meddling. 
I'm sure she'll know if there's a doctor who could help her. Oh, don't be so kind, Catherine. Help me. I'm the one who needs it. Madam, we shall be arriving shortly. These are the naval woods. Oh, Brummer. What a difference it is to be traveling to Moscow in the summertime. Ah. Do you remember when you brought Sophie and me all the way from Germany on our very first visit? Russia was under six feet of snow. The Empress had such high hopes in those days. What is it you're trying to tell me, Count? I have waited until we are at the end of our journey to tell you why you were summoned to Moscow. Oh? Has something happened? Something has not happened. And the Empress is very concerned. You will forgive me, but I must speak freely. Yes, you must. The Grand Duke and your daughter... Our beloved Grand Duchess Catherine had not produced an heir. I know, and I cannot understand it. Our family has never had such difficulties. The Empress is aware of that. The difficulties lie elsewhere, not with your daughter. I see. The Empress does not wish to wait any longer. Five years, she believes, is long enough. Therefore, she has asked you to come to Moscow to persuade your daughter to accept another... another person as father of a child. The Empress believes only you, her mother, could make her understand her duty to Russia. The real father's name will always be secret. Oh, poor Peter Ulrich. He will never be told either. He will know... May I ask if a man of high rank has already been chosen by the Empress for this duty? Yes. Oh, so it has all progressed pretty far. Very far, madam. Does my daughter know this young man? She sees him often at court. I would say they are quite good friends. Do, do you know him? Yes, I do, madam. The man chosen by the Empress to fulfill this obligation is myself. It is Catherine the woman, not Catherine the Empress, we are chronicling for you. Tracing the metamorphosis of a little-known German princess up to the day when, as Catherine II, she had to place a crown upon her own head to save Russia from ruin. I shall return shortly with Act Three. What do doctors recommend to avoid constipation? These days, doctors stress the importance of fiber in the diet, food fiber that helps the system regulate itself naturally. Metamucil is the laxative made from natural fiber, no chemical stimulants. So for occasional constipation, doctors recommend Metamucil more often than any other laxative. Try Metamucil powder or pre-measured packets of Metamucil Instant Mix. Regular or orange flavor. Read label and follow directions. Wednesday on CBS Television. Standing beside me right here is the legendary... Other men admired him. He was one of America's heroes. Tom Boy. Women wanted to be loved by him. And then he outlived his legend. I figured folks would have to do something about me sooner or later. And when men like Tom Horn lived beyond their time, they lock them up or they hang them up. 
Tom Horn. Linda Evans is the woman on the CBS Wednesday night movie at 9, 8 Central and 9. This is WBBM Chicago. If you have a beautiful, shiny car and you want to keep it that way, let the fingers do the washing at Autoglow Car Wash in Meadowdale Shopping Center in Carpentersville. They wash with cloth. It's a totally new concept in car care. Hundreds of gentle cloth fingers wash, buff, and polish your car's finish to a higher gloss. It's the same soft cloth that Detroit manufacturers use to polish cars coming off the assembly line. And it's only $2.75 for a complete exterior cloth wash at Autoglow in Carpentersville. Also, with the gas you buy at Autoglow's Union 76 station, get 10 cents a gallon discount on your Autoglow cloth wash. Save your cash register receipt from Autoglow Car Wash, redeem it within seven days, and get a dollar off another Autoglow Car Wash. Within 14 days, get 50 cents off. Try the new all-cloth car wash at Autoglow Car Wash, one block west of Route 25 at the south end of Meadowdale Shopping Center in Carpentersville. born to Catherine of Russia, the identity of the real father scratched out of the pages of history. Those were not the days of the rights of a mother, not even to choose the name of her baby. The Empress Elizabeth decided upon Paul, continuing the charade of a supposed descent from Peter the Great. Peter, isn't he a beautiful baby? Did you see him? Uh, yes, Catherine, I, I did. He pleases the Empress. Of that, I'm sure. And she's pleased with me, too, isn't she? I'm sure she is. I've brought everyone so much joy. Everyone but myself. Peter, I'm so miserable. Why did they take him away from me? He was hardly born. They wrapped him in swaddling and took him away. And I'm lying here with no one. And I want my baby. Why won't they bring him to me? I don't know, Catherine, but I can guess. We're being used, you and I. You were used to bring forth a child for Russia. And now that you've obliged them with a male heir, he will become the property of the state. But it's so cruel. You said you saw little Paul. Is that true? No. I, uh, I didn't ask to. The world is told I am the father, but you and I know it couldn't have been me, so... Why should I wish to see the child of this business of state? It's not his fault. <sighs> Don't go, Peter. I feel so weak, please. I asked for my mother. Why didn't they let her come for the birth? Nine months ago she was here, and then they sent her home. Catherine, Russia used her, too. wasn't even allowed to be with my son when he was baptized. As time went on, and he grew from a baby to a boy, they kept my Paul away from me. On state occasions, three times a year, I could see him. He belonged totally to the Empress. Peter may have been wrong about many things, but he was right about that. I had been used. One day... 
I awoke like the sleeping princess. The empress died. At last. Power is mine. Well, Simon Todorsky, you so influential in the teaching of my wife. Where do we begin? Advise me. There will be six weeks of mourning for your aunt, the Empress. Mm, I can hardly wait. I won't wait. My first edict will be happiness and joy and laughter. Simon, write that down. Laughter? Now, during the time of mourning? Yes. Now. There will be no more sadness. Simon, I am 34 years old and I was never permitted to do a thing. She is dead. And I say there will be laughter and court parties. No, no, Your Highness, it is not proper. I beg you, the people of Russia... I'll give them something to think about. Uh, are they still parading past the coffin in the cathedral? By the thousands, all day and all night. From all over? From every province. Splendid. And Catherine, I suppose she is there too, on her knees, weeping her crocodile tears. My dear boy, if you carry on like this, mocking the state funeral, the world will think Peter III, the Tsar of Russia, has gone mad. And so he has. It's true, Peter III has gone mad. Mad with joy that he's no longer puppet to an old harridan. And now I have power. I am the sole power. And I shall behave as I wish and do what I want. Now, let us go to the cathedral and have a good laugh. By the Holy Father, there is quite a crowd. I told you, it's been happening for days. I beg you, Your Highness, don't make a scene. A scene? You tell me these mourners are obeying the dictates of their hearts. Why shouldn't I do the same? Coming color, my dear. What is that on your face? Tears? Peter, my lord, Peter, come away. It's undignified. Go on, my arm. Don't speak to me of dignity, old man. I am the czar, and I can do as I will. Has he gone? Your Majesty, I should not have let him come. Be seen and heard. 
I'll get you the state archives, the books, the original documents. You must become more Russian than the Russians. You, Catherine. Is that what you're thinking? I'm not the only one. There are many here who ask, can this czar rule? The mantle may have to fall upon you. I must go now, Your Majesty. I'm afraid to leave your husband even for an hour. Take care. I will help you all I can. What has happened to him? We were children together, Simon. And he has grown up into a monster. I will try to bring him to you. Will you say I wish to see him urgently? Tell him it is urgent. I was aflame with fears, doubts, worries and shame. It was hard to believe what I had seen in the cathedral had really happened. I returned to my apartment. Your Majesty, if, if I may speak... Of course you may, Natasha. But first, help me off with this black veil. Oh, yes? I'm tired. How many days has it been? Oh, already six, Your Majesty. I wonder how many more an Empress lies in state. What is that you're holding behind your back? Something you don't wish me to see? Oh, no, Your Majesty. What is it? A love letter to my favorite lady-in-waiting. It is. You're blushing, Natasha. Uh, uh, no, it is what I wanted to speak to you about. It's not for me, no. But I was told to make sure no one saw me give it to you. I was told to tell you it's from a good friend of long ago. I have no friend. You may give me the letter. Yes, Your Majesty. I must see. Natasha, where is he? Did you let him go away? No. Your lady-in-waiting hid me behind that curtain. My queen. Otto. Oh, Otto. Where have you been? The empress sent me away. Just a moment. Natasha, you are sworn to secrecy. Oh, I am. Forever. You may leave us. Yes, your majesty. Where were you? I didn't hear one word. No message. Nothing. I obeyed the Empress's commands. We all did. Wasn't it better for your sake and your husband's? And for little Paul? And I should disappear? Even now, I'm risking a great deal. The only one who knew it was you is dead. Who else would speak? Your husband knows. If he finds me before I find him, he would have my head. You don't know him. He is too proud to admit such a thing. Is he? I swear to you, he is talking of having your son declared illegitimate and you shut up in a convent accused of adultery. I don't believe it. Who told you that? There's more. I've been sent by others to help turn the key. What key? You know French, Your Majesty. The key is coup d'etat. Overthrow the government? Not the government, only the czar. There are too many who are certain Peter is unfit to wear the crown. We are planning this coup d'etat and to place you, Catherine, on the throne. I must go. Simon Dodorsky will keep you posted as to what we shall expect of you and when. I was with Simon in the cathedral an hour ago. Now I know what his warning meant. He said I must make myself more Russian than the Russians. 
We talked of Ivan the Terrible. Otto. I don't want to be known as Catherine the Terrible. Is there no other way? There was a man born in the year one who preached turning the other cheek, Catherine. It didn't work for him. And it won't for Russia. Russia needs a ruler who can rule himself. But what do you expect of me? Be ready, my queen. If need be, and if Peter will not abdicate in your favor, there are those who would cut him down. Oh, no. Kill him. Murder. No, Otto, never. It is now only one month since I wept over the coffin of the Empress Elizabeth. One short month. And in that time, Peter followed her to his grave. Your Majesty, he started a quarrel with Prince Theodore during dinner. We were unable to pull them apart, and then... Then he was dead. Oh, but he promised me he agreed to abdicate. Why this? Why murder? I can't remember what we did, how he died... No one knows. I don't want to know. I don't want to hear any more. His arm foamed at the mouth. Then he fell forward. And that was all. I am lost, Otto. No one will ever believe I did not order his death. of Tsar Peter III is as much a mystery today as it was the day it happened. Did he die of fear and apoplexy? Was he murdered? All we do know is that his face, as seen in his coffin, was black. For all that, it was the end of chaos, of national incoherence, and the beginning of the reign of Catherine herself. I shall return shortly. Next, in red velvet, low neck, and full sleeve, lovely long. There's a world of high fashion the designers aren't showing this year, but it's all revealed in Goodbye Jeanette, now in paperback. The latest from our most daring designer of fiction, Harold Robbins, and it features his most audacious creation ever. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeanette. Jeanette, swathed in glitter, sparkling with gems, casually worn over a soul of pure corruption. Jeanette's the hottest designer in Paris, maybe the world, and she can offer everything a man or woman could desire, but at a price few can pay. Harold Robbins now interprets the hottest new fashions in clothes. And he has grown up into a monster. I will try to bring him to you. Will you say I wish to see him urgently? Tell him it is urgent. I was aflame with fears, doubts, worries, and shame. It was hard to believe what I had seen in the cathedral had really happened. I returned to my apartment. Uh, Your Majesty, if, if I may speak... Of course you may, Natasha. But first, help me off with this black veil. Oh, yes? I'm tired. How many days has it been? Oh, already six. Music stopped when Cinderella became the Empress. Even today... 
her 20-year reign is looked upon by every Russian as a banner unfurled, admired by every other country in Europe. For Russia, Catherine was truly great. Our cast included Amanda Plummer, Russell Horton, Joan Shea, and Louis Turenne. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. And now, a preview of our next tale. Something terrible. What is it, Hank? It's, it's my father. He's, he's dead. He had a heart attack. I, I, I got I to gotta get back there. I'll, um, I, I'll drop you off somewhere. Couldn't I just go with you? I, I might be able to help it somewhere. Uh, okay, okay, if you, if you want to. It's your vacation. You've got a right to do anything you want to do with it. It isn't a right. It's what I have to do. I, I don't know why. That's how it is. And the Prince of Darkness, Set, will draw his veil across the light of Amun-Ra. And I, Mercegret, will rise again to live out my turn. Again to wreak my curse upon the daughter of Neshtari, whoever she may be, to the last and final generation. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams. to more than 60 cities. And we'll highlight some of these low fares for you at the end of this commercial. So listen for the lowdown on Delta's money-saving fares to many places. And wherever you fly on Delta, don't leave home without the American Express card. It's the easy way to pay for your Delta ticket, as well as hotels, dining, entertainment, car rentals, and just about any of your travel expenses. The American Express card. Don't leave home without it. And don't leave home without first getting the lowdown on low fares from Delta or your travel agent. Like these. Fly Delta to Raleigh-Durham for just $99 one-way in tourist. Atlanta's only $96 on certain flights from Chicago. And Delta's fare to Houston is as low as $90 to Nashville, 78. Fares subject to change without notice. Delta is ready when you are. President Reagan promises the state of the economy will improve. He says he won't raise taxes, and he proposes what is being called a new federalism. This is Rob Armstrong reporting on the CBS radio network. The president's State of the Union address focused in large part on the economy. The president said the answer does not lie in higher taxes. He says that solution has been tried and has failed. What the president did propose was a massive shift of federal programs to state control. The president says a major problem is the proliferation of federal programs. Let's solve this 
problem with a single bold stroke. The return of some $47 billion in federal programs to state and local government, together with the means to finance them, and a transition period of nearly 10 years to avoid unnecessary disruption. The president said details would be worked out later, but he presented a broad outline. Starting in fiscal 1984, the federal government will assume full responsibility for the cost of the rapidly growing Medicaid program to go along with its existing responsibility for Medicare. As part of a financially equal swap, the states will simultaneously take full responsibility for aid to families with dependent children and food stamps. The president also said his administration will not turn its back on the elderly or the poor. He defended his economic policy to date, and he warned that more sanctions may be imposed on Poland and the Soviet Union if things in Poland don't improve. Reaction to the State of the Union speech when CBS News continues. The Wall Street Journal in a recent article explained how the new tax law, along with advanced planning, can help you keep more of what you make during 1982. If information like this is important to you, have a pencil ready for an offer from the journal that can help keep you informed of everything happening anywhere in business that could affect your future and your company's future. Other journal articles reveal that the Reagan administration will be more selective from now on in enforcing antitrust suits against big business. You would have read about the growing number of stocks that are going for bargain rates and that many Blue Cross and Blue Shield plans are seeking steep increases in premiums due to financial difficulties. The Wall Street Journal is all the business news you need when you need it. Right now, you can get 26 weeks of the journal, one for every business day of the week for about $1.80 per week. That's just $47 for 26 weeks, about $1.80 per week. So if you're serious about business, in the continental U.S., call toll-free 800-228-6600. That's 800-228-6600, except in Nebraska. You'll be billed later. Reaction to the president's speech ranged from strong Republican support to lukewarm Republican support to outright skepticism on the part of most Democrats. Susan Spencer took a sampling on Capitol Hill. Democratic Majority Leader Jim Wright called the speech disappointing. Majority Whip Tom Foley criticized it for lacking specifics, but promised that the leadership will not try to block the president's programs in the House. Other Democrats, though, sounded like that's exactly what they'd like to do. District of Columbia Delegate Walter Fauntroy calling the new federalism the new shell game. The people who've suffered most as a result of the policies of uh, this administration in its first year have nothing to cheer about as a result of this... Uh, uh, this State of the Union message. Uh, the 10 million people who are unemployed uh, have been given the promise of uh, further cuts in programs designed to cushion the unemployed. The Republican leadership, by contrast, was predictably enthusiastic. Disagreeing with some who predict the proposals won't go very far this session, House Leader Bob Michael said the speech would really give Congress a charge. Susan Spencer, CBS News, Capitol Hill. Glenn Watts, the president of the Communication Workers of America, said of the president's speech, in this Hollywood version of society, only the wealthy and successful play leading roles while working and non-working Americans are extras. Now this. If you'd like to take advantage of the current high interest rates in today's money market, but want your money available when you need it, take a moment now to call this toll-free number, 800-228-5000. Ask the operator to send you information on Dreyfus Liquid Assets. 
Find out just how much income growth you can get from one of the world's largest money market mutual funds. With Dreyfus Liquid Assets, you have the advantage of making withdrawals by phone or paying larger bills with free redemption checks and continue earning high yields compounded daily till your check clears. You can put money in or take it out anytime with never a sales charge or a penalty. But call now, 800-228-5000 for free information and a prospectus, including management fee, charges, and expenses. 800-228-5000. Study the prospectus carefully before you invest and learn how Dreyfus Liquid Assets can help you get the lion's share from today's high interest rates. 800-228-5000. Toll free, 800-228-5000. Some other stories in brief. World Airways announced Tuesday that two passengers aboard that DC-10 that slid off the end of the runway into Boston Harbor last Saturday night are missing and feared drowned. The airline had earlier said that all passengers and crew escaped to safety. The coast of Oregon is again being battered by high winds and heavy rains. Hundreds of people have been evacuated as officials there fear more mudslides. And a high wind warning has been posted for most of the state of Utah where the resort area of Snowbird reported gusts to 95 miles an hour. Some surprise testimony in the Wayne Williams murder trial in Atlanta. Two witnesses Tuesday said they saw Williams with a boy who later turned up dead. Williams is charged in connection with two of 28 murders of young blacks there over a two-year period. Rob Armstrong, CBS News.